All right, everybody, welcome back to the Double Edge Life. Pretty exciting. Um, I have a, a brand new guest for for me and and for all of y'all to hear. I have uh, today one of my TikTok friends. That'll be Ken, the content coach. Welcome on the show, brother. Hey, how are you, Logan? Good to see you. I'm doing great. I'm uh, I, like I was just saying off air here. Um, this is one of those random ones where I was like, oh, I'm going to ask this guy see if he wants to even be on the show. He looks like he might have an interesting story, so I uh, I. I was like, well, I'll shoot my shot, and sure enough, Ken accepted, so I'm, I'm glad that you're on the show today, bro. I appreciate the invite. It's an honor to be part of your podcast. I did go listen to it after you asked, and the stuff that you talk about is kind of, I mean, right up my alley and, you know, content creation and whatever else you want to talk about, I'm down for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting to me because I, I came across, I think it's it's Brock something, 311, something like that on Instagram. I My biggest thing, my I originally started on Instagram and then I've moved on to to TikTok. I still have my Instagram, but it is dying. Um, and I think that's the app itself. Yeah, but, uh, we'll call that Meta slash Facebook. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> well, just just interactions and stuff on there is terrible. But but this dude does content coaching on Instagram, and you know, I mean, I've learned some stuff from that. And then yours came up on my TikTok, and I was like, well, I kind of like this guy's better because you're not just like lip syncing to reels. You know, you're actually creating original content and helpful stuff. And I actually did one. It was actually this morning that I, I took a hint from you that was changing, like, you know, recording two seconds and then changing your perspective of the camera for two seconds and, and keep recording like that. Cause it keeps people's interest. Yep. Pattern interruption. That's pattern yeah. interruption. That's yes, sir. Yep. So how, how did you get involved into doing this? Where did this all come from? So, you know, it's funny, I've, I've only been doing like public content creation for about two, two and a, almost three years, two and a half years, basically. Uh, I started on YouTube. I had a YouTube channel that was designed, it was built around beards, beard care. Okay. Um, I got into that just from, I was hanging out with people on Instagram and on YouTube that were doing uh, beard product reviews and, and beard stuff. A lot of really good friends over there doing that. And so, um, long story short, I won a contest that a a, a huge, two huge bearded content creators were doing where you would submit videos and then they were going to pick their favorite videos from these and talk about, you know, what people did right, what they did wrong, what they would suggest, whatever. And my video was picked in the top three. So I was like, wow, this is cool. So from there, I just started making YouTube videos about beard products that I was already buying. Um, so you were just doing beard oil reviews? Yeah. Beard oil, beard butter, beard balm. Um, I actually dove into the science of the ingredients and what's good for your beard, what's not, all that kind of stuff. Um, but along the way, I kept getting questions from people about certain things I was doing in video because I was doing stuff like cloning and, you know, mm -hmm. adding in some things besides just the camera coming on and saying, hey, this is beer, you know. And so I would get questions and I kind of figured out that what I really loved was helping people create content. Okay. So I shifted out of doing beard stuff onto the new channel, built a whole new channel, whole new, whole new TikTok platform, started over from scratch. Um, but no regrets. This is what I really love. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did too, because I, I have two pages on TikTok and Instagram. I have my my big one on TikTok and Instagram is Little Hollow Life, which is what you follow. Right. Which is sort of just like that's the one that started as like my police officer one and then changed to nineteen different things. And I finally landed on on Little Hollow Life. And it's more of just a lifestyle one. And then I have this one here, which is the double edged life that's purely focused on like personal development, self-growth, that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm kind of in that little pipeline of, I know a little bit of what to do. So I was like, I just need to start a new one and get into a niche of, of what I'm doing. And there is so much motivational content out there and, and personal development stuff. I was like, I was like, I'll, I'll find somebody that'll, that'll keep pushing my stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, let me say, before we go too much further, let me say, first of all, and we said this, we were talking about this before the show or before you yeah. started recording. Um, you, the first video of yours that I came across was a video on TikTok where it was your last day you were driving your police cruiser. And, um, I think everybody's probably heard the sound, but it was the, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. How exciting, you know? Yeah. Um, Robin Williams and Ben Stiller, man. Yeah. It's such a great sound, but, um, I just want to say thank you for serving in that role. Um, police officers don't get enough, you know, respect enough pay. That's probably a whole different show, different conversation, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, my wife was a police officer in the military and her dad was also a police officer, a, um, you know, civilian police officer. So 
um, thank you for serving. Yeah. Well, it, it was like, you know, I always used to say, I do it for you. That was what I always used to say. And, right. uh, you know, I, I, I still would say that. So I, you know, I appreciate that. And, and big thanks to, to your wife and, and her dad for their service. That's, I, I know that there's, uh, the MPs out there, they always say, um, what is it? It's like what Jack Reacher says, you know, I hunt people that have been trained to kill. So they're all, they're all trained killers or whatever. I don't know if you've seen Jack Reacher. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny about that. My wife was military police and I was information technology. I was IT in the army. So she was like more of a hardcore soldier than I was. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, it's funny. I was going to ask what, what you did before the beard oil thing. Was it, did you just go into the military right out of school or? Um, so yeah, I joined the military right out of high school, 17 years old, um, joined the military to get out of my hometown. Um, somehow ended up back there. I guess I figured out that things weren't so bad here just because of issues in my family. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, so I joined the military to get out of, out of here. I was in the military for seven years and then I moved back here and I've been working in it still since then. That's what I do. That's my day job that I'm trying to get brave like you. And, uh, and finally say that I can quit that job and do what I love. But, um, Oh no, I, I, did, I, I, I work something else. I, I work in a pri- I, I had a company. I, I, I just got out of law enforcement. I wish I could do this full time. Yeah. But you know what I mean? You still made a decision that a lot of us don't want to make. Like we already have something. I mean, as a police officer, you were, you had a career, you had pretty much guaranteed job and pay. And, you know, just to change that to something new, a lot of people don't like change. Um, yeah. And so that, that takes a, that's a hard decision. I'm sure that wasn't something you took lightly. It, it wasn't, um, it was more of a, it was time for me to be done. Um, you know, with, with the, I had some mental health challenges and everything and it was like, you know what, I saw this opportunity and I jumped at it because it, I, it was something that I'd been wrestling with for a while. And especially in that profession, so many people struggle doing that quitting because it's like you get married to the pension that isn't even that good. And, you know, and then on the other hand, you get guys that are like, oh, you're going to abandon us, you know, and it's like, you know, people don't realize how thin that blue line is until you're a part of it. Right. Like the moment that you decide to quit or whatever, there's guys that are like kick rocks and it's like, dude, we, we bled together and you're, you're throwing me under the butt. It's, but like you said, that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Right, right, right. That's a, that's a big deal. So, um, where, where, what's, what's your accent? I can't quite place it it's it sounds like maybe georgia a little bit further north i'm in kentucky oh okay oh shoot you're only a couple hours south of me well, I'm, I'm up in northern indiana so. oh, okay yeah we drive through all the through there all the time my wife is from wisconsin so we drive um up 65 to whatever up to 94 oh um, no kidding yeah so yeah i see i grew up in in central indiana so i-65 ran right through my hometown which is lebanon so I'm I'm sure you've seen a sign for it, oh, or maybe gosh. even stopped there. Every time that we drive up 65, we stop in Lebanon to eat at Greeks Pizzeria. <laughs> we that's some of the best pizza in the entire world. That's fantastic. What are the odds? Yeah, Lebanon, Indiana. That was my hometown. Is where I was born and raised. Nice. What are the odds of that? That's fantastic. Yeah. So you know that downtown area then really well. It's kind of like oh, yeah. a small small town feel. Um, yep. The pizzeria is like right there downtown on that block. So. Yeah, the uh, actually the the courthouse there on, on the town square, right across on the uh, let's see here, it's on the north side of the building, I think, are um, some giant limestone columns. They are the world's largest single piece limestone columns. Well, I had no in, idea in Lebanon, Indiana, but nice. of, of all places, and they actually came from. Uh, this is all the weird stuff that I know. You know all those weird facts you know about your hometown. Right. Those actually came from the same limestone quarry that the limestone that originally set the Golden Gate Bridge came from as well. The same limestone quarry. Wow, that's all. I didn't know that about that area. I just knew about the pizza. But. Yeah, yeah. If you actually, if you go down to southern Indiana, would like uh, by uh, Bedford, Bloomington, that area. There's a big quarry down there, and it's all limestone. So back in like the, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s, that's where they were getting all of the limestone from was those quarries right there. Wow. Okay. Really weird. Nice. You know, random facts of Indiana. You know, everybody just forgets that it exists and it's a flyover state, but it's like, you know, we have the Indianapolis 500 and the Colts. That's about it. And Greek's Pizzeria. Now you need to get them to sponsor the show. They're like the unofficial right? sponsor of this episode. Yeah. I need to put a little cha-ching in where... <laughs> 
So do you find when it comes to doing all the things that you do with, with your content, obviously you, you, you are a, a coach of, you know, I mean, you're, you're Ken, the content coach. Do you get a lot of people or, or I don't know how to say it, subscribing to you, ordering your services? Is that, is it lucrative? It is, it is. It's, um, you know, I mean, the, the, the most important piece of it is, and really with any content creation is that no matter what, you know, type of service that you're offering, you have to offer a lot of free value first and you have to let people get to know you and who you are because people are not necessarily like, I don't think anybody is going to TikTok and saying, Oh, look, here's a coach. Let me buy his service. Um, mm. people are buying and, and working with people that they trust and respect first. Um, and so it, uh, it is lucrative for sure. There's a lot of people that are wanting to know how to grow on social media, how to grow on TikTok right now, especially I keep telling business owners that I know, like, if you're not on TikTok, then you're really missing out because the algorithm, the reach is not like any other platform. Yeah. Um, so absolutely the, the, the people that want to learn how to grow on social media and TikTok, especially they are definitely out there, but they want to know who you are first. They want to trust you. So there's a lot of free value um, that I'm not going to stop doing. I mean, all the videos that I try to put out, I try to make sure they really are helpful. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, people want to people want to trust and work with people they trust. So that's where it really starts. But to answer your question, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and I, I've, like I said earlier, I, I've already gained stuff from the stuff that you put out because I'm like, well, that makes sense. You know, it's that's the whole reason why uh, Coco Melon, Coco Lemon, Coco Melon, melon yeah. it's Coco Melon. That's why there's there's a science behind the way that is created because every if you watch it, my kids don't watch it. They're they're too old, but like every scene changes to every two seconds. So it keeps their attention. And there's a science behind that of where it it, it you know your brain re-stimulates every two seconds. So for that show to change the camera view of the the cartoon or whatever it is, every two seconds is what keeps the kids engaged. And that's exactly what you're talking about on, you know, making videos. Every two seconds, change the scene. Yeah, if you go, so it's funny, since, you know, over the last couple of years, even just watching TV, which we don't do a lot anymore, but um, even just watching TV, like my brain now, I, instead of just focusing on whatever we're watching, if we're watching a documentary or whatever, I still watch and pick up the information, but I'm learning and I'm watching a lot about how they're doing different cinematography. How's the camera working? How are they you know, how are they panning over scenes? How are they doing all this cinema type stuff? And if you watch even, you know, pick any documentary on Netflix and it's kind of the same. We were watching one last night. Uh, my wife and I, we we really like watching like crime documentaries and stuff like that. Mm. And we watched one last night. It was a high profile guy that I'm sure everybody's heard of. But um, we were we've been watching that for the last couple of days. And anyway, when you watch it while they're talking about the story, they're panning over different scenes of this guy's life and you know, the people that he affected and, um, even just showing random B-roll. Like if there's nothing to really show at the moment, they'll just show a, you know, a detective going through a filing cabinet, but the scene's changing every so many seconds. And that's why. Yeah. To keep your interest. Yeah. 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 I, we, my wife won't watch true crime stuff. I like it, but we don't spend a whole lot of time. We don't have a lot of time to watch TV, but I listen to a lot of podcasts and if you guys like watching true crime stuff, you would like like to listen to. Uh, here's another free drop here to Necronomapod. I don't know if you're familiar. I'm not. They they do serial killers and like you know uh, UFO stuff. They they they're great. There's there's three three different hosts on there and they're fantastic. But they talk about like true crime stuff and and their episodes are great. So there's a free shout out to Necronomapod too. I'll check it out. Yeah, we we enjoy that stuff cuz again, my wife, her family being, you know, rooted in law enforcement, we're just always interested in in that type of stuff. Of course, on the the good side of it, we're always happy when the guy gets caught. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, what do you think happened to uh oh, what's his face, the the mob boss that they think was, you know, they think he's like in the ocean or maybe cemented into the walls? What was his name? Not Gotti. It was. Uh, um, I know who you're talking about, but of course, in the middle of conversation. Yeah, I know. But gone. It, it, it's gone. It's he's, gone from he's, my mind. But he's buried under a giant stadium. You didn't know that? That's, oh, really? That's what I've that's, always heard. That's what you're <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never know. You know, it, it is funny, too. Uh, you know, going back to, to content creation, I, 
I find more and more like, you know, a, a buddy of mine sent me a, a TikTok just yesterday. He's like, hey, you know, this, this guy's got 500,000 followers and, you know, this this uh, video of his got like a million views and it's this like oddly shaped human being. And he's like, Hey, come on down to the car wash. Weehoo. And that was it. And it's got like 2 million views. And he's like, why doesn't your stuff get stuff like that? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it is kind of funny sometimes the, the things that people are into. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that are on TikTok. You know, they, they really want the, the free entertainment that comes out of it. They want, um, you know, some of it's shock value, some of it's entertainment, some of it's just like, like I get pulled into some of those. I like some of the ones, there's a guy that does like animal facts and he's always talking about like the, the bad side of some of the animals that we think are cute, like seahorses, for example, you know, they're, they're cute animals, but really they have some hidden spike that they'll kill. You know, I don't know. Um, he always talks about weird animal facts and I get pulled into stuff like that. Um, I, I like to, to learn stuff and see stuff I haven't seen before. So, um, you know, I think that's why something like that gets a lot of views. There's one that I'm thinking of that, um, you may have seen it before it start, it starts off with the, like scientists have, have drawn what a human would have to look like to survive a car accident. Oh yeah. And it shows this, this guy that, uh, he almost looks Your like Patrick Starr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then some guy stitched that video and he kind of, in a way he looked like him a little bit and he was like, well, all right. You know, um, some of those videos like that, that are just like funny entertainment that are just different and out there. Yeah. People like that stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's wild. And that, and that's the thing is it, that's always the, the ones that are out of niches, if you will, that like, it's just like my most viral one is completely random from from all of my other stuff and it's like i was i was on a walk with my family and i i was i was still a a cop at the time and i looked in front of me and there was a a dude that was clearly he's he was off duty there's no way he was undercover he was off duty but he was an older guy like going on a walk with his wife and he had handcuffs on the back of his belt and i i filmed him then i made the face like oh well we get it bro you're a cop like because as law enforcement officers, like if we saw guys like off duty and they had like cop stuff on, we'd be like, oh, we get it, bro. You're a cop. But <laughs> it went viral. Like people, but all the comments on it were like, thanks for letting us know they're out there and stuff. And I was like, I was like I'm literally a police officer. Like I, I'm making fun of this guy. I'm not warning people that there's a cop out here. Right. But it, it like went the total different direction than I expected. Yeah, I, I, a lot of times they do that. Sometimes what you think will go one direction, um, you know, especially with with the topic at hand. I mean, I think a lot of times it's going to go the other direction for sure. Um, there's, I saw another one recently where a guy was he was talking about how he was going to hide his you know his baggie in the um, instead of hiding it. I'm sure you've seen it hidden all kinds of places, but instead of hiding it like in the gas cap, you hide it in the the windshield washer reservoir. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did see that. And there's like three cops duetted this thing and they're all, they got their notepad out there writing it down. Like, okay, next time I want to check there. So, yeah. Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's like training, you know, and, and that's if, if you, I have learned more from social media than I ever expected to. And that, that, that has got to be one of the biggest takeaways for it for me is like, you know, like you said, the, the animal facts one, or there's, there's one that I follow. It's a, morbid facts morbid facts and it's like this guy with this horrible mustache right and he just goes through and talks about all these different things the greatest part was he did one maybe a week ago that was talking about a gal she was like 17 maybe 16 up in wisconsin that killed her mom and her stepdad i arrested her really like, Yes. <laughs> like I was watching it and she, so, you know, he's just, he's like this, this girl, you know, shot her uh, stepdad in the face and choked her mom. And I was like, that's a really familiar story. And then like it showed a picture and then uh, it was like up in Wisconsin and then was stopped on the interstate. I was, I, I put handcuffs on her. I stopped her on the interstate in wow. Indiana because we got word from the troopers that they were southbound on 65. So all of us went on 65 and we were watching and I, I distinctly remember I had my headlights facing. So like it's northbound and southbound traffic. And I was facing west. 
So then, you know, you turn your high beams on so you can see people's faces as they go by. And and I'm just sitting there in this uh, silver, there's like a, a Ford Ranger goes by. And right as I go by, this female turns and looks at me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's her. Because she was like covered in blood. And we, we get her stopped. And sure enough, it was her. She had literally just killed her stepdad and her mom. Oh, man. Just wild. But the fact that this guy on this TikTok was like, you know, talking about it. I was like, hey, I was there. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I mean, it's cool that the whole story is not, you know what I mean? The whole story is not cool. But the fact right. that you were involved in something you found on social media, that's, it's a small world. It is. It's such a small world, you know, and it's, did you ever think that you would get involved into doing what you're doing now? Um, not, not exactly what I'm doing right now. Like I've always had a love of creating content of some sort of, or another, um, doing it on the internet is not something. So I did it for many years for a church as a tech director, um, creating videos, you know, creating, you know, funny skits to show, um, different things. I proposed to my wife with a video. I made this video of me driving, um, to Louisville to pick up the engagement ring and, um, had footage of, from, uh, you know, we were in Germany together, put all this footage together. So I proposed to her with a video. I mean, creating content is something I love to do, but, um, coaching and, and doing it to this level, not really, it's not something I ever planned for, but it kind of goes along with, um, you know, people find their passions. When you start creating content, you eventually find what it is you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not at all what you expected it to be. That's, that's for sure. And, and that's, that's one of the, I think that's one of the main reasons why I got into doing like, or wanting to do this personal development thing. Cause like, it's what helped me get out of my rut when I was in it last year. And it's like, look, if I can be a small piece of someone else's improvement in their life, you know, I'm, I'm like, Oh, I'm all about it. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm working on, I'm like writing speeches and I mean, I want to be a motivational speaker. Like that, that's my big thing is I want to get out there in, in front of people and, and get people going and, and, you know, change lives, you know, and that's to me, I'm like, well, this is, I think is the best way to do it, I guess, is to start, you know, electronically and then work into in-person where it used to be the other way around. The, the world is so strange anymore. Yeah, it's it's funny. I was asked to uh, be part of a, it's a podcaster's, I don't know all the details, like it's not actually set up yet, but um, this person's starting to plan a, um, basically a podcaster's expo down in New Orleans, New Orleans. And um, he asked me if I would speak at it. And like, I'm completely cool sitting here speaking on camera, making videos, getting up in front of an actual crowd. I mean, you know, across YouTube and, and TikTok and, and whatever, I got thousands of followers, but, uh, to do that on stage, I'm like, uh, okay, what do you want yeah. me to talk about? I can, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, you can't, you can't hit that, uh, record button. Oh, I screwed that one up and, and go back and do another take. Yeah. There's no takes. I mean, the cool thing about it though is, is that the more that you do this, the more you figure out that, um, you know, there's, there is a, a value in being your genuine authentic self. And that means yeah. your mistakes and everything. Um, I edit my videos, especially on YouTube, not so much on TikTok, but I edit my YouTube videos completely. Um, but sometimes I wonder, like, should I necessarily edit all of this out? Because people know that we're humans behind the camera. Um, do people want to see perfect content creators? I would argue no. They don't necessarily want to see perfection. They want to see the information they came for. But you don't have to be perfect either. If I stutter somewhere or if I um, mispronounce something, you know, keep going. It's something I got to tell myself because I still edit all that out. Yeah, I, I used to really be really big on to doing that because I, I was I would record into uh, GarageBand on on my Apple, right. and then I would go through and edit out all that, <clears throat> um, you know, all that stuff. And because I, I, I used to have another podcast, it was called Caffeine and Sarcasm, and that was a you know more law enforcement related show, and I just. I kind of moved past it and this is, that's why I started this one. And now I just, I record or I just, I'll, you know, I'll take this recording and I'll drop it directly into anchor and this is it. Whatever was on here is on here. Right. You know, I, I just sort of trust, trust the conversation to, to happen and I might re-listen to it, but a lot of times I won't. I'll just, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that I have terrible conversations or be like, well, man, I need to edit that out. You know, <laughs> at least I haven't yet. Um, so to me, I'm just, I'm trusting that the the good Lord is going to give me a good conversation. 
Yeah, this has been good so far. I guess we'll see what your viewers or what your listeners think, but um, I've yeah. enjoyed this one. Um, yeah, I mean, authenticity is something that, you know, you see a lot of of creators. So we talked earlier about, you know, the the creators that just want to go viral that, you know, mm-hmm. put up whatever whatever videos they want to put up in the moment so they can go viral. Um, you know, a lot of my audience is more um, you know, some of them some of them want to go viral also, but they have actual goals like they have a their platform is focused on something now some of them don't necessarily know what that something is they know what they want it to be and a lot of times you find as you as you do create your audience kind of develops into something that you figure out that okay so this is what i started doing this is what my audience wants you know it's still close to what i'm doing but so to give you an example what i'm saying when i started off the coaching my youtube channel my coaching channel i just called myself a youtube coach a youtube educator Mm mm-hmm and it's sort of more turned into coaching new YouTubers, like brand new YouTubers who are just getting started. Because, you know, w- w- when content creators are getting started, they have no idea where to start. I mean, we've all been there. Do I just use my phone? Do I need to go buy this camera? Do I need to buy this microphone? I don't have that kind of money, so I can't be a content creator. And no, that is not true. And so my my niche really went from content creator coach that's it to content creator coach. My audience focus really became new content creators. And, um, that's sort of how I, I I do the same thing on, on YouTube, on TikTok. You know, those new creators who are trying to figure out what they really need to do to start, how to talk about what they love, how to find their passion, things like that. Yeah. How to, how to create value in what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the virality thing, like we were talking earlier, I mean, I think everybody wants to go viral on some level, you know, until they realize that going viral is really not how you find success in content creation. You're, you find success when you find your audience, not when you go viral, because I can do a video, you know, let's say I do a video right now that's unrelated to my niche and you know, that video goes viral. I get 50 million views and I get, you know, a million followers. The rest of my videos are focused on something else that they didn't come for. So that viral video really did nothing for me. Yeah. Um, so that's and they're not the going to take stuff. the time to unfollow you. Right. They're just right. going to keep swiping. Yep. And at the end of the day, that hurts the algorithm. It hurts. If your followers ain't watching, then your videos ain't really going to get out there. So, yeah, it does hurt. You know, and I've read recently because, I mean, I, I got to the point where I was like, I was at like 9,800 on Instagram. I was like, man, I'm getting that 10K. Like, here it comes. And I quit being a police officer. Well, a lot of my following was law enforcement based and you know i just it i plateaued and i that was it and then it's it's slowly been going down which i've i've read is a good thing because then it's people realizing that they don't i'm not what they wanted anymore so they're just they're you know going on the wayside and i i i continue to be like maybe i should just go through and trim the fat and and i've read that too that 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 that's important to do but the fact that there is so much science behind this is just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, so that's why, I don't know if you know, if you've seen any of my earlier videos, but um, this is my second TikTok account. I had oh, really? another one. Yeah. So when I was doing the beard stuff before I had a, I had a TikTok account for that. And when I started the new is channel, still so, there? huh? Is it still there? No, I deleted it. Oh, I was about to follow it. No, yeah, no, I deleted <laughs> it because, so here's what happened with it. When I started, when I changed what I was doing on YouTube, because at the end of the day, YouTube is kind of my main, like I am a YouTube content creator. That is my main place. Um, TikTok's really neck and neck. I mean, I love TikTok, Um, but YouTube is where I started. And that's most of my, um, well, you know, YouTube's where I started. So it's still what I love. When I started the new channel, Ken the Content Coach, I took, so my old channel was Bluegrass Bearded. I took the TikTok that was Bluegrass Bearded, I renamed it, I changed the logo, and I started creating new content on the same channel. I had 26,000 followers. I was getting, you know, 100 views, 200 views. Mm. And the reason for that is because, number one, my account, like, in the algorithm, TikTok knows when my videos go out, this is who's normally watching my videos, so this is where they're going to direct it. Yeah. The bad part of that was that the people that were following me for the beard stuff, they don't really care about what I'm doing now. So nobody's watching my content. Yeah. I tried to make that work for a couple of months and it was just stalled going nowhere. 
Um, I think from the time that I rebranded, I probably gained like maybe a hundred followers. Um, and so, and the follower, just to be clear, the follower count is not what's important. It's, it's the reach. It's the, you know, are people engaging with your content? Nobody's engaging right. with your content. So yeah, I closed that TikTok down and started this one. And this was just, uh, like two and a half months ago. No kidding. Was, and you've already reached 20 K. Yeah. I mean, and it's, if I had not have done that, then I would not be getting that reach that I was really wanting to get. I mean, at the end of the day, I want to help content creators create content and I would not have been able to reach the people I'm reaching if I would have kept that account. So it's the same thing that you're talking about your audience. It's better to not have those followers who are not watching than to have a bunch of followers and your videos aren't being watched. Cause then they're not going to, you're not getting any kind of reach anyway. Yeah. That's just wild. That's absolutely wild. You know, in my, uh, my wife actually works for an influencer. There's, there's a local one here that got in on the blogging game like 10 years ago when it was really, really young. And now she's, you know, amassed millions of followers and, you know, she, it's a fashion blog. So, you know, they're, they're, they're huge on Facebook and, and Instagram. And, and I was talking to my wife this evening. I was like, my Instagram is dead. Like it's, there is no traction on it. The videos aren't going anywhere. And I was like, but my TikTok is gaining steam. And she was like, well, that's good. And, you know, she's like, well, they don't, they don't do a TikTok, you know? And I was like, you guys are potentially missing out on millions more people, but it's, there's, there's some magic behind the, the, the TikTok videos, the reels, the Instagram reels or whatever. If you're not doing them, it's like, to me, it's, it's free entertainment. People just want to be entertained. And, you know, they just want to swipe and keep going because stories used to be my big thing. Right. And, and, uh, now, now nobody watches those either. So I'm like, screw it. I'm just using my TikTok. But I, I really do think that TikTok is definitely the way to go. And I used to really think that it was like the big evil Chinese company, but I mean, it's, it, and it's, it's probably is, but I'm having fun with it and it's not hurting me at all. So I think that's probably the best direction to go. Oh yeah. There's for the influencer friends you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, if, if, um, he or she, I'm, I'm assuming she, I'm not sure. Yes. Um, she, if it's she Aaron was from living in yellow, that's the, the blog living in yellow. If she was to jump on TikTok and, and do, you know, do some short form content. I mean, yeah, she's definitely going to get the reach. Um, there's, there's nothing wrong with being on multiple platforms. You have to develop your content around that platform's algorithm. And I think that's one reason, you know, just talking different algorithms. I think that's one reason that, that Instagram, I mean, Facebook meta, whatever you want to call it, I I think they're struggling there. And you see Twitter doing the same thing with all the stuff going on with Twitter. Um, Who knows what's going on over there? Look, I'm going to create content and not worry about the, the the news side of it. But um there is no algorithm right now like TikTok. And if you do things right, if you if you hook, you know, your your viewer in the first couple of seconds, use the right hashtags, if you, you know, create good content, then you're gonna get that reach. Um and TikTok just has it figured out right now. Instagram, yeah. I mean, Instagram was at one point and maybe they're making a bunch of changes. Like you see that their CEO comes out with a new video you know, every week or every two weeks, like, okay, we're changing this now. Like, I think they're trying to, but, um, yeah, TikTok just has it on lock right now. Yeah. I, and I feel like none of the changes that, that Instagram makes make a difference, but it could be because I'm already in my, my niche from my bigger pay from little hollow life that it's like, I'm not going anywhere. You know, right. I'm not, I'm not going to escape it, but you know, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. It I don't do free. near as, I don't do near as much on Instagram. I don't do any YouTube shorts um, on my channel. Um, I, I was going to ask you about those. Yeah, I mean, as far as Instagram goes, I still I still post like my live streams for YouTube, and I post you know keeping people informed. But as, I don't do reels necessarily. Sometimes I'll take one that um, I think will fit, and I'll bring it from TikTok to Instagram and post it over there, and they do well, but yeah. um, not nearly as well as they do on TikTok. Yeah, I tried to do that uh, the YouTube. Uh, shorts or whatever. I didn't, I didn't really care for it. I, I don't see it staying around long. I don't know. They keep changing. I, I was reading something today that they're, um, they're changing where you can now, they call it remix. I think on, on YouTube shorts, um, where you can now clip, um, even some long form content. 
Um, I think they're trying to make changes to make it work. Here's my my problem with YouTube Shorts, and this this is not advice by any means. Just this is the way that I view my specific channel, what I do, and what I think Shorts would do. So YouTube has an issue already with how they do analytics between uploaded videos and live streams. Um, on YouTube, I do two live streams a week, and I do one uploaded video. The analytics already kind of segment your audience because. The people that show up for your live stream, for the most part, you know, they're going to stick around and watch the live stream. And those views definitely count. And you get that watch time. But after that live stream is over, for the most part, nobody's going back and watching a, a, a live stream on replay. Yeah. Um, and that's completely OK. I mean, like, I don't do it either. That's it's just, I think, expected human behavior. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like when I'm watching football, like I, I can, you know, set my DVR for the Packers game. But if I don't catch it live, like I'd rather just look at the box score and see what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's already kind of that separation of, you know, segmentation of your audience between your live streams and your uploaded video. Um, because I mean, there's also the factor that you have some people that are watching your uploaded content that are not, they're not really into live streams. Like they're not coming to watch your live streams. So it's really two different audiences in some cases. Now you factor in YouTube shorts where it's sort of like that TikTok audience. They want to see those, you know, seven seconds to a minute for the most part, no longer videos. Are they going to come and watch number one, my 10 minute uploaded video on YouTube? Or are they going to come watch my hour long live stream? So now I feel with YouTube shorts, I have three different audiences and it's already bad enough with two. Mm -hmm. um, I say bad enough. Like it doesn't bother me. I, I, I love doing uploaded and live streams. So it, it doesn't bother me, but I don't want to add shorts in there as a third also. Now, and again, this is for me and my platform and my audience. I could be dead wrong on that. And that's why I'm saying it's not advice. Yeah. No, I mean, and it, it makes perfect sense. Like there is, there's so much out there. I mean, and heck there's truth social now, you know, the, uh, Donald Trump's thing. And it's like, there's so many different ways to, to get out there. And if you, if you take the, the Gary V approach of, if you're not on LinkedIn and TikTok, then you're missing out on a whole bunch of people. Then it's like, well, I may as well just start dropping whatever I can and, you know, try and work from home the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> I, I, it feels like there's a lot of people that just want to do that. And, and I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to do this my, for the rest of my life, just talk to people, have conversations. But unfortunately I didn't get in on the podcasting thing until it was way too late. I'd say it's never too late. It's never too late. Um, Pat McAfee just started doing it. What, uh, to a couple of years ago, not that long ago. Yeah, but he used to play for the Colts. That makes a big I difference. Mean, <laughs> I mean, sure, he did have sort of a, some star power going into it, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's no Joe Rogan, but right, you know, yeah, you know, it is what it is. So, um, you know, I wanted to to kind of get into like there there are so many. You know, we've been talking about niches within social media, and you know, as I scroll through mostly TikTok, you know, it, it sort of tailors the things that you want to see. Cause you can do uninterested and stuff like that. Um, maybe, maybe it's stuff that I'm seeing, but why is it do you think that there are so many like motivational content pages? I mean, and that may be a dumb question. I I'm, I'm not really sure, but like, I feel like there is page after page after page of motivational content. And I feel like they've all come up in the last like two years. I, I think maybe the answer to it is, is that because everybody was all locked down and everything and depression was, was running rampant. But do, do you see a whole bunch of that stuff or is it just because it's tailored to me? I mean, I do, but I think what I really see, I mean, you have your, your motivation, you have, you have your Gary V's um, that, Gary V is, is his own thing. He is Gary V is a niche, right? Oh yeah. You have, you see a lot of times you'll see like the Steve Harvey. Um, I think at, is it at the end of every family feud? He kind of gives a short, mm -hmm. you know, five to 10 minute speech. He's so um, good. He's Steve Harvey's amazing. And Gary V is too. I love Gary V stuff. Yeah. Um, there's like a handful of motivational speakers that are really out there. And then I do see a bunch of TikTok pages that take their stuff lay it over a video and repost it and yeah. repost it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think really, I, I think at a human level, we want to be inspired. We want to be motivated. Even if we don't do anything with it, once we scroll past that video, 
I think we want the inspiration, the motivation and, and that kind of stuff does well. And then you put that on social media. I mean, TikToks, Instagram, whoever, I mean, their goal is to keep us on the app as long as possible, because as long as we're scrolling, they're making money. So, um, whatever people are watching is what they're going to put in front of you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of it too, because I, because I'm one, I'll stop and watch and listen to it also. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'll use that, not very often. Most of the time, I try to stay original. Um, I'll do some trends and stuff every now and then, but sometimes some motivational stuff will catch my eye and I'll use that sound and I'll lay it over, you know, me sitting here working or something. Um, I, people want to be motivated and inspired. So a lot of times that's, that's content that does well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely it. You know, there, there's a, a motivational speaker that I've talked about before by the name of Eddie Panero. He does uh, Your World Within. That's his his brand. And, uh, I mean, he, he pulled me out of some dark places. So, I mean, I, I, I'm grateful for, for all the, the motivational content that I can hear. I, I didn't even know that it existed. Like, you know, it's got, like, music and, and there's, like, a speech. And, like, I, I just one day I was going for a walk. And because I used to take my dog for a walk every day because I was – work an afternoon shift so I could have the morning off. And, you know, I mean, you work out, go for a walk. And I put into Spotify. It's where I listen to my podcast. And I was like, I wonder if there's motivational speeches on here. You know, like I was thinking like, you know, the old school stuff. And then I I found, you know, your world within and everything. And like, it's got motivating music and like, it's got these awesome speeches. I'm like, this is fantastic. Like, this is what I want to do, you know? And it just, it, it's, uh, it totally changed my perspective on, on how what is created because there is so much negativity out there of things that are created you know i mean just the whole reason i avoided getting tiktok from the beginning was that all i saw was 15 year olds shaking their butt and i'm like i don't want that on (laughs) on my screen and then i finally got into this uh, rotation of like motivational inspirational stuff and it's just it it you know and I, I I jokingly say it changed my life, but it did. Yeah, I think TikTok. Whenever somebody first downloads the app, I think TikTok shows that kind of stuff you were just talking about. So a lot of people, when they first get the app and they see that, they're like, "Well, this is what it is." I was the same way. Like two years ago, I was like, "Yeah, I'm never going to be on TikTok. It's so dumb. I still don't let my kids have it. That's not going to change." But um, you know, the more that you scroll past the stuff you don't want to see, the more that your the algorithm kind of um, you, you basically end up curating your own feed. So you end mm-hmm. up seeing stuff that you want to see. Um, I think it takes a good, you know, two weeks or so when you first download the app to really get it to a point to where you're seeing things you want to see. Um, and, and, and now it's not perfect. Some of that stuff still comes across sometimes you just have to oh, scroll, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it, I think the algorithm does a good job of showing, I don't know, 90%, 85% what you want to see. Yeah. What, what inspires you to do everything every day? Helping people. Um, literally when I, you know, again, when I started doing this, when I started the beard channel, I really had no, no goals. Like I was like, well, this, it's a fun thing. I love making videos. I'm I already have beard products. I just won this contest on this huge content creators page. I was like, cool. I'm going to make some videos, but I didn't really have any goals or direction. Um, I was able to, I monetize that YouTube channel in 10 months and I was like, you know, at this point I'm really enjoying it. I'm already, I'm getting questions from people asking me how I'm doing stuff. And, you know, like the cloning stuff, there's videos where I like, I'm literally having a conversation with myself in the video and it's, it's not hard to do. It's not hard to, you know, to splice video together and and Mm -hmm. use masking to make that happen. But most people, you know, a lot of people don't, don't know that. I mean, you don't know it until you try to figure it out. And so, um, people start asking me questions and I realized that I really love helping people create content. And then you talk to people that want to create content. And again, I said earlier, you know, they, they don't know how to start, what to use. You know, they think that you have to have, you know, an expensive camera, a good microphone and, you know, all this gear and you don't, um, that's stuff you can build up over time. If you even decide you need to, right. You've got an iPhone or a Samsung, whichever way you happen to like, um, you already have a $1,200 camera in your pocket that does a pretty good job. And so I really found my passion in helping people get to that point where they're okay to hit that record button and start making content. Because most of the time, once you, you know, you make your first video 
expect your first video to be trash, but you've done it. You've made your first mm-hmm. video. You have kind of a an anchor point for, you know, a benchmark for, okay, this is where I started. Now, how can I make this better? Make your second video. Okay, what can I do better in this? How can I make that one better? As long as you can get somebody started that wants to create content, a lot of times they will take over and find out who they are. And, you know, they don't even have to know their passion right away. I started talking about beard stuff and now I'm teaching people how to, how to make content. So, um, I love beard stuff. That wasn't my passion. I found my passion and that's what I want to help other people do. I want to help people create content, find their passion and love what they're doing. Cause it's been life changing for me. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. That's a, uh, and, and you, you're already, you, you were just talking about how you're going to, you're potentially going to be speaking in front of people. You just did it. <laughs> like you just did like your whole speech right there. Like just, just stretch that out for 20 minutes. You'll be golden. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to apply the, the old, uh, what is it they say? Just picture everybody with no pants on and you'll be okay. You know, I never really like, cause I used to do like show choir and musicals and stuff. And I, I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe I'm just not that kind of nervous person, but it never bothered me. The amount of people that were out there. Right. It, I I was even in show choir in college. Like we we toured the the U.S. We we did some stuff around the U.S. and like it never bothered me. But I don't I don't know. I think it's a personality thing. Yeah, and and really, I mean, what I just said was really a joke. Like I think if I pictured people that way in the audience, I'd probably want to leave the stage. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but you know, just it's funny because I am I am an introverted person. But when you get me on a topic that I really love to talk about, which again, content creation is is that topic. I can talk about it for hours. So I'm sure once I get going up on stage, I'll be just fine. Yeah. I think most, most introverts are like that. They have that one thing that they really love to talk about. And if you get them on it, then they'll just run for miles. Right. They'll be telling me to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you were doing, you did IT stuff in the military? That I did. And I'm, I'm still doing IT stuff now for my day job. It's, um, okay. I've, yeah, I've pretty much been doing IT since I was, I mean, 14 years old. Um, my parents bought a computer and I, I tore it apart and got in trouble and had to figure out how to put it back together. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, that's awesome. That, see, that'd be a lot of fun, but I, I don't have the, the technical smarts for it. Cause I've, I've always wanted to get into marketing. Like, you know, I, and maybe it's because I just, I like talking to people and, and, and doing this kind of stuff, but, um, you know, our, uh, the, the current, place that i work at is hiring a a a stack developer full stack developer right for marketing and i was like what's that (laughs) i looked it up and it was like actually web development i was like well i can't do that (laughs) never mind right (laughs) that is a skill i do not have but uh you know i i'd initially when i went to i went to ball state university and that's like a huge telecommunications school and uh it's, it's where david letterman went um, but I was, I was originally going to be telecommunications. That was my major. And they were like, yeah, you, um, you won't be able to graduate, uh, unless you stay for six years to get a bachelor's in that. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Cause it was so busy. Like there were so many people that wanted TCOM. Um, so, you know, I, I almost wish that I'd stuck it out, but you know, I mean, I'm kind of doing TCOM now. So I guess that's kind of just the way I look at it. I mean, that's what's so cool about what content creation looks like now. I mean, used to, used to, there was really no way to start putting content out there, audio or video, unless you really knew how to set up, you know, networking and cameras and audio. And, and you, I mean, you had to be an engineer to do this kind of stuff. And now there's so many tools out here. You, you know, YouTube is, is basically a free library where as long as you can learn how to upload a video, then you've got a place to put a video. I mean, TikTok, you download an app learn how to use the buttons on screen and you can create content. You and I doing this right now. I mean, with, with the platform you're using, this is something that, um, you know, 10 years ago, you had to figure this stuff out yourself mm-hmm. and record it and, and get it out there. Um, there's so many tools out here that, that are available for us. And, um, it's, you know, what it looked like 10 years ago is, is it's just completely better. I mean, anybody can, if they spend a few minutes researching how to start doing what they want to do, they're going to find these tools that are out there. Oh yeah. And, and you know, I, I remember going to YouTube and, you know, putting in a music video or whatever, and then you'd get about seven seconds and then 
you'd get Rick rolled. Rick Astley would be all over the screen for, and that was, for, I felt like that was every video back in like the, I don't remember the first year that, that YouTube was there, maybe like 2003, 2004, somewhere around there. But it was like every other video you were getting Rick rolled. Yeah, it still happens. I, don't, that, I think that's always going to be a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. But now they, they got so good at removing those that, you know, between that and like you can't, they are so quick at removing videos and, and uh, that's like podcast episodes that have trademarked music. They are so quick to, to either remove them or flag it and say that you can't monetize that. So, yeah, there's... That's so a buddy of mine was doing a, he, he live streams every Monday after me. Um, Dancy beard is his name. Really, really good friend of mine. He, um, he was doing a podcast or he podcast. He was doing a live stream where he was basically advertising like this coming Friday and he's going to be doing a um, interview with Mick Foley. And so, um, the, talking about this, like the wrestler. Yeah. The wrestler. No kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's a, there's a beard company down in, um, Florida. I think, I think he's in Florida and he did a beard oil collab with Mick Foley. I've got it, um, over here somewhere. Um, I bought it. That's fantastic. Mankind. um, Yeah. So, so Dan, um, arranged a live stream to release this oil collab, this beard oil collab and Mick Foley was on his live stream. And so, um, the Monday before that, he was talking about it on his normal every Monday live stream. And he showed just a clip, no audio, Nothing at all, just a video clip of Pawn Stars when Mick Foley was on there, and his live stream disappeared. It went away. Wow. YouTube took it down. He showed like a like a 13-second clip, and so um, he had to start a whole new live stream up, and um, he's got a big platform, so I mean, everybody showed back up, but yeah, yeah, they catch it quick, and in that case, it was no audio. He was just showing, like I said, a clip from Pawn Stars, so. That's insane. It, it, you think that was, I mean, th- that's got to be just an algorithm. Th- so, there can't be people watching, like, no, they can't have that many employees. No, I mean, his channel, even his channel, as big as it is, it's not one of the huge channels. It's like a million subscribers. So, um, I, I don't even know if those guys really have people watching all the time, but no, I mean, really. So, like, most of the time, it's an issue with music. Um, mm hmm. So I actually, I pay for a music subscription service so that I can have copyright free music as part of my streams oh, yeah. and my videos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Royalty free. You can actually get stuff through Adobe. Yeah. Yeah. I use um, Epidemic Sound, which I love, but there's, there's several of the services out there, but most of the time music is the issue and there's three different ways and we don't have to go all the way into it on this show, but there's three different ways that YouTube flags copyright music. One of them's automatic, um, you know, record labels, producers, even independent artists, they can submit music samples and CCLI information to YouTube. And there's a big database of all that. And it's basically just audio sampling. If, if the algorithm picks up that sample that they have in the database, then it'll get flagged. Um, you know, another way is if an artist comes across it, they can, you know, submit a copyright, you know, right. form. But um, yeah, usually music's the issue. So I was surprised when his video came down. Like I said, he wasn't playing audio. It was just the Pawn Stars video, um, which is weird because a lot of times you can use video if you're using it for commentary, different things like that. So yeah, he's still not sure why that happened, but it was yeah, like, what it how was. do people do like movie reviews and stuff where they're, you know, like reactions to like, uh, you know, movie trailers and all kinds of stuff. They, they always have the video up there. Yeah, it was, it was a fluke thing. It had to be, it was weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's really odd. I remember watching him with, uh, you know, the rock and that was like the, my golden age of wrestling. I mean, cause I remember like Randy Savage and them, but like when I was like 10 or so was when it was like stone cold, Steve Austin. And so did you ever watch any of that stuff back in the day? Oh yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid. Yeah. I'm uh so when I was stationed in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, that's really, that's kind of the last time that I really watched. Cause I went to Germany after that and um, deployed from there. So I didn't really, I kind of fell out of you know wrestling and a lot of things at that point. But um, when I was in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, we used to order. Me and a bunch of buddies would get together and order pay per view. We'd all chip in a little bit and um, get WrestleMania. Get WrestleMania, yeah. Um, that was you know same era back in the days of Degeneration X. You know, oh yeah, Stone Cold. Um, yeah, yeah, that was the good. My kids watch it now, and sometimes I catch it. It's 
maybe it's because I'm older and I just don't know who's who anymore, but it seems like it's different now. Yeah. I, and I've, uh, I've, I've caught it like two or three times in the last, oh, probably in the last year. And like, they didn't have a live audience. They had like the cameras of, you know, like the faces of people watching it because they couldn't do the whole thing because of COVID. And I was like, how, how difficult would that be to, because they're actors. How difficult would that be to perform in front of a quote unquote live audience that isn't even there? <laughs> like, it's so funny. Whenever, when the pandemic first started, we were, um, we caught wrestling one night and um, they were doing it at the training center in, um, in Orlando, I think. I think Orlando is where the WWE training center is. Yeah. And so they were televising still Monday Night Raw. And there was they at this point they weren't doing the the video faces in the audience. There was just nothing. There was nobody. So you could hear, you could hear the because you know how it works. I mean, wrestlers will talk to each other during the entire match about what they're getting ready to do, you know. Yeah. And you could hear all of that. You could hear the the grunts and the I mean the grunts. When there's an audience, at least come off a little bit real. But when there's no audience behind it screaming, it's like, okay, yeah, that sounds, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you're lifting a 270-pound man over your shoulders, that's, you know, that you're going to grunt. That's, yeah. I, I get that. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild to watch anymore. It, it's amazing how much the crowd noise really helps to sell what the wrestlers do. And, and they're, they're athletes, don't get me wrong, but, you know. Oh, yeah. There, there's some acrobatics and some scripting into it, but the audience noise really helps to sell the entire entire show. Yeah. Oh, and the same thing for I, I caught a little bit of the the USFL on Sunday, the United States Football League. Didn't know it was a thing. Yep. Um, and there were about 17 people in the stands, and like the all the players are mic'd up, which is weird. So you can hear them talking to each other, and the coaches are mic'd up, which is weird. But like I was like I was like it it was like the wrestling thing where you could hear everybody, but there was no nobody cheering. I didn't know this this whole thing existed. I thought it was the XFL when it came on. I was like, oh, because I know that Dwayne Johnson purchased the rights to the XFL, right? And I was like, oh, I didn't know they'd released it. And I was like, oh no, it's the USFL. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen some of the names that are involved in the USFL. You have like Archie Manning, um, Gene Steratore. Really? I think is involved. He was one of the um, um, the the VP of officiating in the NFL or something like there's a lot of big names involved in USFL. What was the what was the whole driving force behind it? Why did they even do it? I you know I'm not sure. I mean my assumption is that um, you know people love football. Let's have some football in the spring. Yeah. Um, not sure what the NFL thinks about it. It's not like it matters what they what they think about it. Yeah, um, they don't care. That's a big monster. They yeah the um, they never going away. The XFL has never been able to work. Um, but I think with some of the names involved in USFL, I don't know, I'm hopeful for it. I love football. Um, yeah. so we've, we've watched, we've watched, it's kind of nice having some football in the spring. Oh yeah, that's, that's definitely true. But I, I, I hope the XFL comes back. Cause I, I, I thought it was cool. <laughs> I was, I was in high school at the time, but, and I actually had a, uh, my drama teacher, Mike Panasak was on the, uh, in Indianapolis demons. The, and he kicked the winning field goal, which is so strange. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Mike Panasak, I'll never forget it. But, uh, yeah, he was on the Demons for the XFL. That was a weird time. Like That was like 2005. That was a weird time to be alive. Yeah. the I, I, the, I think the XFL lasted. Was it even a full season then? And then they tried know. to come back a couple of years ago. And yeah. now I guess the rock bottom. We'll see what happens. The rock bottom. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see if it happens. But yeah. uh, you know, Ken, I I uh, I, I want to be respectful of your time here. We're we're coming up on on an hour. Um, yeah, you know, I'd sent you a couple of questions there um, before we started. Um, so I wanted to to cover those before we finish up here. Um, so I'll start with what's the the worst advice you've ever gotten in your life. What's the worst? the worst advice I've ever gotten. Um, you talking content creation or life or in life in, in anything you, you, you want to do a content creation, do it. But in any, any advice, the worst advice you've ever gotten. I think the worst advice that I've ever gotten is, um, you know, if it's, how do I say it? It's cause it's, um, 
I tend to forget a lot of the bad advice. Um, there's there's people that if something – somebody kind of mentioned something about this the other day. I did a video that, that basically said um, – and this will, I guess, probably go to my best advice also. Um, the, the best advice video that I did, it said, um, don't stop working towards something that you can't stop thinking about. Right. You got this big dream that you want to accomplish. You've got something, you've got a goal, something you can't stop thinking about. So don't stop working towards that. And um, that's not the worst advice. That's really the best yeah. advice. But um, I posted that. And oddly enough, I got a, a funny comment, not a funny comment. It was like a one of those comments you look at and you're like, I don't really know where you're coming from. Um, the guy's point was basically, um, why don't you just take what you have now and enjoy that and not work for anything? And I was like, what? That's and pretty bad advice. That's terrible advice. Um, and, and you'll kind of hear, I mean, I, I, without going into too much on, on your show with the limited time we have, I mean, I grew up in not so, you know, not such a good situation. I had a, a mother that was addicted to, you know, drugs and alcohol. And as far as I know, she still is, um, which is why I joined the army to get out of my hometown. Um and so I grew up around people that just never worked towards anything. That's what I saw growing up. So I've always had this drive in me to, if there's something I want to do, I'm going to work my tail off for it. I may not be the best content creator. I may not be the best at, at X, you know, ABC topic, whatever we're talking about, but I can almost guarantee you I'm going to outwork the guy next to me. And that came from watching people as I was growing up who, you know, wouldn't, they just took life for what it was and accepted their, their situation. And, you know, I can't make this better. So why try? Um, that's, 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 that's going to be it for me. Um, well, we should have started the episode with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it's not so much advice, just kind of what I grew up seeing around me and knowing that, that, I mean, at, at 10 years old, I don't know necessarily what life looks like but I know it's not going to look like this. I know this is not what I want to be. And so I've always had this drive to, I mean, I will do my best outwork everybody. So, yeah. Well, that takes it back to Dwayne Johnson, you know, be the hardest worker in the room. Right. 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 And, wow. uh, yeah, best advice. What I, what I said, and I, and I literally did a video a couple of days ago about this. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but, um, I did the whole, you know, transition into my truck to get that hook in the first two seconds. Mm -hmm. um, but then I said, you know, the best, some of the best advice that I've ever heard in my life is don't stop working towards that thing that you can't stop thinking about whatever your goals and your dreams are, whatever it is you want to be or do or accomplish work your tail off for it. Yeah, no, I like that. That's, that's, that's a good answer. Well, um, I do, I have one more question for you and this is sort of what, uh, what goes into my you know, personal development course that I'm, that I've created here. Um, it's, it's all about habits and I've, I've created, I've come up with seven habits that, that will seven things that will become a habit. And, and I'll challenge you to do it. I, I haven't released all seven of them, but I, I will once we're off the air here. Okay. Um, I'll let you know what they are. Um, but what is one thing that you do every single day without fail that benefits you? Something every single day. Um, there's two things every day that I like to accomplish. If I've done this and I feel like I have had a good day, that is number one. I want to learn something and it can be something tiny. I learned something today that really is going to have no effect on me as a creator, but it was something that somebody else knew. They made a comment on a video and I was like, yeah, I've never heard of that. So they, they basically replied to my comment. I was like, cool. I learned something new. Um, but if I learn something new and if I help somebody with something, and I'm talking mostly content creation, but even if it's, you know, here in my hometown, but if I help somebody with something, then I feel like I've accomplished something that day. And that's literally the reason for my platform is, is helping content creators. If I've done that, even it can be tiny, but if I've helped somebody for that person, it was valuable for them. Then I feel like I've accomplished something. So I think that's what it is for me. If I have learned something and helped somebody else learn something, then I'm going to go to bed and do it again tomorrow. Good answer. Well, uh, Ken, where can everybody find all of your, your content and, and what are the, the handles for that? So Ken, the content coach, my website's probably the easiest way. Ken, the content coach.com. 
Uh, there's links for everything from there. So, but uh, I mean, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Um, if you just Google Ken the Content Coach, you'll probably find something out there with my my ugly face on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the, but at least the beard is oiled. It's it's very uh, it's, very nice and shiny. Yeah, it's uh, I try to take care of it. I'm kind of low on water the last couple of days for some reason. So it's been kind of dry, but it is what it is. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Ken. I appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate the invite. I, I appreciate um, your show. I, I listened to a few episodes when you invited me and I like what you're doing here. So um, I'm honored you asked me and, and thank you. Yeah, I'm having fun. Well, uh, hopefully you'll listen to more. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> All right, everybody stay sharp. <laughs>